Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is a lovable loser, a promise breaker, a whistleblower, a drink waster, a dollhouse collector, a witch in disguise, an amulet collector. He's the guy who dumps kerosene on everything. The camera owning, apple pie a la mode making, demon summoning, ribbon tying chef, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm good, Cortland. What can I say? I'm a man of many talents. Yeah, I just realized that I accidentally put that you're a dollhouse collector and an amulet collector, so basically you're a hoarder. I mean, there's a very fine line, and it's once you start collecting amulets. <laughs> yeah, then you're like, ugh. Then you get put on that show, Hoarders, which I don't even know if it's on anymore, but didn't your mom love that show? I think she did. Yeah, if it was a reality show, she loved it. Eh, she's got fine tastes. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. That's good. Glad to hear. It's pretty good. Let's not get carried away here. Well, if every day was the best, then life would be boring. That's my motto. That's true. It's like in that Sesame Street special where Elmo wished it was Christmas every day. And then he learned Mm -hmm. that Christmas every day fucking sucks. Uh, It's funny you should mention that. Um, So today we are doing our Season 3 review wrap-up episode. Uh, We're going to start with a little ask us anything section at the beginning and then we're gonna just rate everything because we are opinionated people we got a lot to do today. do you want to just dive in yeah let's do it okay we got lots we got uh lots of questions i'm good by the way you know <laughs> you know us we're boring I, um, I don't care i don't care that's fine i didn't care about you either i just felt like i obligated to ask oh. um it's it's <laughs> tradition yeah exactly <laughs> i haven't cared in months um <laughs> I've been asking for some uh, questions because we do this little Ask Us Anything section, and we got some. I'm just going to go through this whole whole shebang. We have some stories, too, from people that, um, some new fans that we've gotten this season. So. Excellent. All right. You ready for our first question? Yeah. Hit me. Okay. From the Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast podcast, he asks us, what's next for Private Island? Hey, dude, all that. Salute your shorts. I don't really know what we're going to do next, honestly. <laughs> we haven't really talked about it a whole lot. No, and every time we do talk about it, we get down into a rabbit hole of just complete nonsense. Yeah, like bumping gooses. <laughs> the Goosebump podcast. <laughs> that's going to happen. Now, whether or not it's next, is that's up in the air. But Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do next. We've yeah. kicked around a few ideas, but nothing's really set in stone. And that's okay, because we have like uh, over a year left of are you afraid of the dark so yeah we still got time there's a lot of dark to do yeah i'm looking forward Is to that a cut thing? it do, out do the big full fans house call call the show dark for short you know what actually last season when we talked to dj McHale, i'm pretty sure he shortened it to dark so yeah people probably do call it just dark cool i like that yeah are you afraid of is quite a mouthful anyway are you afraid of the so that's a horrible answer to a a, a great question so next That's up, we what we're have, here for. Well, all of our... Everything we do is horrible, so... It makes sense. <laughs> so next up, we have one from Ellen from Just the Zoo of Us podcast. And she asks, how do you pronounce G-I-F? And I think we both pronounce it differently, so... I think we do. And I think we're not going to have the fight that everyone wants us to have. 
This isn't going nah. to be the end of Private Island, but I pronounce it GIF. Yeah, and I pronounce it GIF. So, Brandon, did you always pronounce it GIF? And you and know I what? Never noticed. I don't care. I don't care how you pronounce it. No, I don't and either. I don't care if people think I pronounce it wrong. I don't know why it's such a thing. It's really apple, or I'm sorry, it's really tomato, tomato to me. Honestly, I don't. Care. Here's what happened. I seen the the you know file extension or whatever, and I seen it written, and I never heard it pronounced. So like yeah. I never even in my head had an idea of how I should pronounce it because it's just a fucking file extension name. So who cares? Yeah. But then like I don't know. 50 years ago or whatever, I saw something that was like, the creator says it's pronounced Jif. So instead of being like, uh, well, he's fucking wrong, I was just like, oh, okay. And then I just pronounced it Jif. <laughs> and then I, you know, met millions of people who are like, uh, it's GIF. And I was just like, yeah. oh, well, I don't care. No, nah, I don't care either. I don't like I say said, the word that much. Mm, I don't need, well, actually I do. I say it every week because I promote all the gifts that you make because i want people to see them because they are incredible so if you haven't seen them yeah. check out our instagram i make a lot of GIFs. private island presents on on instagram check out our gifs or our gifts depending on how you want to say it it's all a good time all right brandon you ready to move on yes. okay we each have three questions from somebody that would like to remain anonymous <laughs> i have a feeling you'll know who they are but for me number one <laughs> if brandon <laughs> if Brandon died, who would replace him? <laughs> wow, great premise. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't think I would go on with the show if you died, Brandon. Honestly. Really? I'd just pack it up. Yeah, what's the point? I do this so that I can hang out with my best friend every every week who lives in a foreign country that I never get to talk to. So this whole thing is just so we can chat about a kid's show anyway. Yep. I wouldn't go on, I don't think. I'd say I'd pack it up. I'd probably start streaming or something for my grieving process. <laughs> Every day, I pour one out for the homie as I speed run an old game nobody's ever heard of. Wow. That's touching. Yeah. Um, for me, for number two, she asks... Actually, let's do one of yours first. So, Brandon, if okay. you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Cool. Now, there's a right answer here and then everything this. else is wrong. <laughs> because is it a food that I just like the taste of and could eat forever? Or am I trying to think of a food that I could actually oh. survive on and get all of the nutrients and vitamins that I need? Okay. Because I'd probably die if I just ate Butterfingers every day. Well, I think that the question is really asking what's your favorite food and what would you be happy okay. eating? Like, what could you not get sick of the, the taste of? <sighs> well... I eat practically the same things every day anyway. Yeah. So either tacos or lasagna. That's what Flip I think. Flip a coin you'd say. and I could live on that forever. Tacos and lasagna are pretty great. Mm hmm. Not to one up you anything, but I've heard this question asked, and the answer that I think everybody agrees is the best is salad. Because you could have taco salad, you could have pizza salad. Salad has no boundaries. You could make up a salad and just be like, yeah, this is candy salad. Boom. But that's, that's not a food. That's a genre of food. That's, that's a true. descriptor that's word. But you could say the same thing about pizza, right? Because, I mean, you could have pepperoni pizza, which is what people, I think, classically think of. But then you could have Philly steak and cheese pizza or mac and cheese pizza or salad pizza. But I don't know. I feel like dumb. that would be saying, like, 
Italian. I could yeah. live on Italian for the rest of my life. You know, I bet you there's whole podcasts devoted to just this one question. Well, I know our next project. All right, next podcast. Desert Island Delicacies. Boom. Um. All right, my next question. What book are you recording next? The answer is, I don't know. I look at a list and I pick one and then I read it. But I haven't done it in a while because it's really difficult to find time. After work and doing the podcast and stuff, I just I just need to sit down and do it. But it's, it's been hard to find yeah, the time. Yeah, I've it. Uh, I've been trying to carve out time to read Sinister Statues for I don't know four or five months now. Yeah, I think the last book I read was um, The Secret Mirror, and that was in like November or something. And I was like, I'm totally gonna do yeah. one in December, and then I never did. So. Well- Sinister Statues is the next book I'm going to read. Whenever that happens, who knows? Like I said, it's just difficult to find time for it. Because the podcast editing, for me, it takes up a lot of my free time. Which isn't... Like, I'm not complaining or anything. I enjoy doing it. But a lot of my free time goes to that. I've been going to the gym and working out at least two to three times a week. Which takes up like an hour, hour and a half. And then, you know, this whole job thing. If I could just get rid of that, I'd be fine. I'd read all the books. I'd read you every book if I didn't have a job. Wow. You could just start your own, like, audible competitor where you just read every book. Portland reads a book. I bet you a lot of people would sign up for it. Just start your own reading rainbow. All right, Brandon. Your second question from Anonymous. Will you and Cortland record podcasts about another show in the future? Yes. Next question. All right. Number three for me. Cortland, if you were a type of pasta, what would you be? I would probably be penne because I like that little like eh, you know, little, that little sass on it, you know. Penne, that's me. So that's what I would choose. Also, I like that it has a hole in the middle so that all the sauce gets in there and it just gets all over the pasta. And I just like to eat it. I think it's fun to eat penne. I think sauce on pasta is good, and that's good. And that's a good thing. Yeah, just like life. Thanks, Tucker. All right, Brandon. Nuggets number three. Final question from quote unquote anonymous. If you got stuck in a Groundhog Day scenario, what kind of hijinks would you get up to? Oh my god, Groundhog Day scenario. Um, Hold on, for those that don't know or haven't seen the movie Groundhog Day, it's basically just living the same day for eternity. You wake up, it's the exact same day, everybody's doing the exact same things, you are the only one that knows there's there's a difference. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen Groundhog Day, see Groundhog Day. Yeah, stop listening, go see Groundhog Day, and then come back. Honestly... It's probably an incredibly boring answer, but one thing I would do if I knew I was just going to relive the same day over and over again is I would probably just read a lot of books and play games and watch movies and stuff that I wouldn't have had time for before, as long as I can do it within a 24-hour period. Well, yeah. At least it wouldn't matter too much with books and movies and stuff. Um, Well, with books, yeah, you can just be like, all right, I was on chapter 17 when... I went to sleep. But games, you'd lose your save every time you went to sleep. So you have to be able to beat oh, it in yeah. one day. That's true. I didn't think of that one. You wouldn't be able to play RPGs for the most part. Nope. Fuck RPGs. <laughs> Tetris every day. Yeah, right. I'm going to slide in here and say that I try and learn the piano like um, like what may or may not does happen in Groundhog Day, the movie itself. Spoilers. Yes, possible spoilers Perhaps. or maybe not. Yeah, learning an instrument would be cool. Just anything that, like, takes a lot of time. Yeah, that you just don't have time for regardless. Like, learning a new language. I'd learn a new language, too, probably. Unless... I, I would be the 
dopest fucking drawer. I would be the best at every instrument. I would know all the languages, and then I would get bored of all of that stuff and just and then go and be like, "Well, yeah. I know all these languages, but I'm stuck in this one town where no one speaks any of these languages." All right, you ready to move on? We got a question from yep. Brett. Okay, Brett asks, "How does the season compare to the other two for you guys overall?" Hmm. I think I like season three's episodes more than season one and two. But you know what? I was thinking about it last night, and the the cast change for the Midnight Society, I think, is what makes me not as invested in season three as I was in season one. Yeah, two. we're gonna get into talking about the cast changes, but yeah. just it's a different vibe. It's a different group and their dynamics. I'm not a fan of. In yeah, some cases, it's very cringy. I'm hoping it gets better, yeah, but I'm sure as time goes on, we'll. Not be able to imagine a world without Tucker. But the episodes themselves, the stories, I think they were mostly good. There's not any horrible episodes. But also, I'm going to say this season was kind of, in some ways, more forgettable, story-wise. There's a lot more episodes this season that I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you but mean. But they're all I good. The they're, pretty, they're pretty much all good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Brett asks if we have any big plans for season four coming up. Um, No. <laughs> Not any major plans, no. Yeah, I'm going to watch the episodes and talk about them. Yeah, we haven't... Um, We don't really plan out a whole lot ahead of time, honestly. It's a miracle that we even have one day a week that we can get together and record, considering we have like a 16-hour time difference, and we both have full-time jobs and kids and stuff. So it's really difficult to even be able to plan things out anyway. So nothing super spectacular aside from what we're already doing. Yeah, I don't want to like, you know, toot our own horns or anything, but this podcast is a miracle. <laughs> it kind of is. Honestly. That it exists at all is incredible. And you are very <laughs> lucky to be listening to it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, incredible that our voices could soothe you for about an hour a week. That's it's incredible. His final question is, do you have any dream guests you would like to have on the podcast before it ends? Hmm. Any of the Midnight Society members. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Midnight Society members would be um, the most fun, I think, in my opinion. Because having somebody on like Ron Oliver or DJ McHale would be really cool. But also I'd feel really bad if I made fun of them and they're like writing and act or writing and directing or something. So I think it'd be more yeah. fun to have Midnight Society members. Or maybe, like, second place would be, like, an actor from one of the episodes or something. I'd, I'd take yeah. Nev Campbell. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. She probably wouldn't remember even making this. I think this was her first um, acting role, though, so she might. All right, moving on. We have two questions from Kim, a.k.a. my wife. Um, <laughs> she asks, one, if you had a super secret club or group, what would you name it? We've got good examples like the Midnight Society or Dumbledore's Army from Harry Potter. And where would you hold the top secret meetings? I would call our group the Bee's Knees, and we would be in the room I'm in right now where the bees will come and get me eventually <laughs> once they come out of hibernation. And, uh, yeah, you got to have, like, these meetings, and you got to avoid the bees, tell spooky stories or whatever you're going to do. Maybe have a land party. Who knows? But yeah, you gotta you gotta watch out for the bees. I actually did have a super top secret club. It was called the Daredevils. 
Okay, that must have been before my time. Our club consisted of four kids, and we met at the park, like, every day. Mm -hmm. And what we did was go on the swings and get really high on the swings and then jump off of them. And that was the club. We would do tricks. We would jump off the swings and do tricks (laughs) in the air before you landed and broke your legs. What kind of tricks? You know, you'd do a T-pose. You'd... uh, pedal your legs like you were riding a bicycle oh that was my you'd, favorite uh, yeah. you know yeah that one's a good one like do the air you know, splits mantis style yeah things like that that's cool i used to love doing that as a kid but i wasn't part of the daredevils because i didn't know you yeah, back then and you wouldn't be in the daredevils anyway you just can't cut it the i would probably be on the side audition process you. was brutal whatever question number two <laughs> Kim asks, are you guys going to do more improv episodes? I would love to do more improv episodes. Yeah, they're fun. At the time of recording, we have one out right now that I released almost a month ago on Christmas Eve. Or I guess it was a month ago today. Um, And we have a second recorded, and I have the first round of editing done. I haven't added in the sound effects because I'm a lazy motherfucker. Um, So I don't know if that'll be out before this goes live or after, but... There is a second improv episode done. It's just really difficult to find timing to do the improv episodes because, like we said earlier, it's kind of a miracle that we even have time to do the podcast in general. And um, with the 16-hour time gap, it's just a lot for me to ask of Brandon to be like, hey, you want to stay up for another hour so we could do an improv episode, you know? So I'd like to do more. I really would. Um, But it might be something that if we can get them out, awesome. But it might have to wait until the next time change when there's only a 12 hour difference between us instead of 16 or 14 hour difference. I should say, I don't remember what it's going to be, but I might have to wait a little bit. Anything to add to that one, Brandon? Nope. All right. Moving on. Then we have a question um, from Twitter from Dr. Troy Stofferson, who I like to refer to as just adoringly. And he has, (laughs) he has like my favorite question so far. He says, if you could recast any adult character from from this season with Bobcat Goldthwait, who would each of you pick? Wow. I would be okay adult with everybody character. being Bobcat. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of who wouldn't be good as Bobcat. <laughs> I think, uh, for me, the shop owner from the Tale of the Crimson Clown, if he was Bobcat, that'd be pretty funny. He's just like, and this one for you, the <laughs> Fifty-five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Over you? Fifty-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the telegram. Oh. Like, I mean, he could replace Vink in Dangerous Soup, and that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, he honestly he could replace any character. It'd be funny if he replaced like the Mummy. From- <laughs> Tell the guardian's curse. Yeah, he just fell in love with the dad at the end. <laughs> I would love that. He was all three of the hags simultaneously in the Watcher's Woods. <laughs> what are we going to do with her? I don't know. Should we kill her? Let's eat her. Yeah, so who would you just unequivocally just replace with Bobcat? It would be pretty funny if Bobcat was Billy Baxter. Oh, that would be really good, actually. You'd just be trying to sleep, and your phone would ring, and you'd answer it, and be like, <laughs> Hey, it's me, Billy Bax! I forgot this. Where the hell am I? 
There's no pizza battle anywhere. Where's my pizza battle, witch? <laughs> that would be really good, yeah. Very fitting. It wouldn't be that expensive, Nickelodeon, so why didn't you do it? It's just his voice. Really dropped the ball. Yeah, for sure. Well, next up, Brandon, we have a nice email that has a whole slew of questions, but it's also a story. It's from James. He says, hey, Private Island gang, I'm excited to be able to write in with questions for the season wrap up episode. I found the podcast about a month ago, and I'm finally caught up with it. I really look forward to it every week. He says, Brandon, what is your favorite episode so far over all three seasons that you've watched? Wow, good question. Um, Dark Music from one, Midnight Madness from two, and I know the one from three, I think. I think we'll probably get into that one in a little bit. Spoilers. Yeah, I think maybe my favorite episodes from the season, so that would be spoilers. All right. Well, he also asks, I know that you will just have, that you will have just released an episode about it, but what did you think of Dangerous Soup? Because that was actually his favorite episode growing up. Dangerous Soup's good. <laughs> and that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. He says, he continues, I currently own seasons one through five on DVD because they don't actually have seasons six and seven on DVD for some really? reason. Yeah, I don't know why. He says, I've begun watching it with my seven-year-old, and he seems pretty unfazed by it. We watch lots of Goosebumps, Eerie Indiana, and the new show Creeped Out on Netflix. I'd be curious to hear your opinions about the Goosebumps slash Are You Afraid of the Dark crossovers. You mentioned it with Curious Camera, and there's also a tale in season four that is similarly in design. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, my thoughts about Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark crossover is that... I expected more of them, honestly, because, I mean, they're in the same genre of kids' horror, and so far we've only had Curious Camera that's really, like, the same, but I would have expected more. More things that were very similar, because there's not a whole lot you can do with kids' horror. You can do clowns, you can mm-hmm. do ghosts, and you can do haunted cameras. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you want to destroy the uh, innocence of a kid by being like by the way you're gonna die and it's gonna be permanent and you're just gonna have to deal with that for the rest of your life so you can't do a whole lot with killing people or characters or whatever i mean dr capel smith turning to stone is fine because he was an asshole but a main character dying or something you can't do that so i would have expected more things like oh monster blood where this cat grows gigantic and turns mean for a minute or ghost beach you know I would have expected more crossovers. What about haunted roller coasters? Mm, that'd be hard to film. I'm sure they did it, though. They probably did that for the Welcome to Tower of Death or whatever the fuck the Goosebumps book was, which had an episode. There's still four seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark left to go, but I feel yeah. pretty confident in saying that there's going to be some kind of talking, living doll. Not like... Tale oh, of yeah. the doll maker, but like an evil Chucky style doll. There could be. I don't remember. Nah, Brandon. I mean, that seems like a pretty easy one to go for. It'd be, you know, you got your boy stuff and then you got your girl stuff. And girl stuff is usually dolls and dolls coming to life is scary. And bada bing, bada boom. You got it yourself in Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Yeah. Night of the Living Dummy. Classic Goosebumps story. Yeah. Slappy's scary. I don't remember reading Night of the Living Dummy. He was not scary in... The Goosebumps movie, the second Goosebumps movie, so there's that. So, James continues asking, also, from a podcasting standpoint, how did you guys decide to do a podcast, and why are you afraid of the dark? So, we decided to do a podcast because I didn't really talk to Brandon a lot, 
and he was all the way in Australia, and I was like, hey, let's talk weekly. And he was like, okay. And that's how Actually, I, I took a lot more convincing. I was like, weekly? You? Was it? Did we? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, but we'll be famous. And here yeah, we are. You promised millions of dollars. And all our... I was like, you could do the ad read for HelloFresh. And he was like, oh, it's my dream come yeah, true. Yeah, so basically, we just, you know, circumstances of life, we haven't talked as much as we used to. We used to talk every day. I would be at Cortland's house every weekend when we were growing up. Or he would yeah. be at my house. Like, we just, you know, we were best friends. But... You know, you move all the way across the world and you kind of lose touch a little bit. But Cortland had the idea that maybe if we did a podcast, you know, we could salvage this something to talk about. (laughs) We could, you know, the sinking ship, we could just take buckets, get all the water out of there. Yeah. Basically, what happened is that I learned what podcasting was and what podcasts were and how entertaining they were. And I said, I could do that, but I need a host, or I need a co-host. Like, hey, Brandon, you want to do this? And he said, yeah, sure, why not? And that's how this happened. With us choosing Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, we had kicked around a couple of ideas, like doing, you know, making fun of B-horror movies, kind of like Mystery Science Theater or Rift Tracks or whatever. But ultimately, we went with Are You Afraid of the Dark because Brandon could get them for free in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) And also, he's never seen them before, and I wanted to watch it again, so... I just made him do yeah. it. It's good that you're a fan of the show and I haven't seen it at all. It's a good dynamic. Agreed. I think it's um I think it's what sets us apart from everybody else, really. I mean not that there's that many other Are You Afraid of Their Podcasts, but you know. We have something different. So he also wants to know how do we record? He says most podcasts that I listen to with people who aren't in the same place, one of the people sounds really bad. Your recordings are always great. I like to think that our quality is pretty good, too. So what we do is, obviously, we're not in the same room because Brandon's in Australia. What we do is we talk to each other every week on Skype, and we record our own audio separately. So I'm recording my voice in Audacity. Brandon's recording his voice in Audacity. We're talking through Skype. After we're done with this, we congratulate ourselves. We pat ourselves on the back on the back for a real good episode. And then he will send me the MP3 file of his half of the recording from there i take it into audacity and i uh, upload it with my own i combine them together i time it out so that it sounds like we're having just a straight conversation and then i go through and i delete all the long pauses the ums i save the the fuck ups we do and uh, if they're funny i will put them in the outtakes that i've been uploading to patreon and i add in the the clips from the episode which brandon grabs for me and we just uh, we just go from there, and that's the show, really. You guys have no idea how many minutes of We're Back <laughs> Dinosaur Story discussion get cut every episode. Every single episode. Corlin saves you from that. <laughs> yeah, Every episode. John Goodman this, Yardley Smith that. It just goes on and on. And on and on and on. It rolls back the clock to the dawn of time, and we just talk about we're back all the fucking day. Well, James, he concludes his email. Sorry for the long email. I really love everything you guys are doing. Cannot wait to continue the journey all the way through season seven. Your number one fan, James. Thanks, James. Thank you, James. Our last email we have is from Jacob, who says, 
Hey guys, just started the podcast and I love it. I'm a few episodes in and it got me thinking about when me and my friends used to watch the show back in high school after growing up watching it in the 90s. We used to always joke the production got a small budget for effects and decided to buy a fog machine and in order to justify the purchase, they have to use the fog machine at least once per episode, (laughs) even when it's not warranted. (laughs) Yeah, um... He says, I'm not sure if you mentioned this in later episodes, but it used to always be like a drinking game for us. We would all yell, fog machine alert, and get a good chuckle out of it. Just thought I'd share the joy that we used to get from that, and maybe you guys could use it in a bit if you haven't already. Keep up the podcast. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. We we definitely joke about the fog machine, for sure. Yeah, we've noticed. Yeah. (laughs) The fog. I mean, I think my first mention of it was in Zebo. the... Tales laughing in the dark. Yeah, it's all over that episode. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of episodes, characters just open doors, and there's just oh. a cloud of mist. Yes, like in um, Hungry Hounds, when they open up that chest that had the mouse hole eaten out of it, and the fumes of rat shit and feces and and, and urine just <laughs> cascade over them in a wave of, of fog. <sighs> Can you imagine that? No, luckily. Just rat nests in that fucking trunk of, of Aunt Dora's. So it's been locked since 1964 or whatever. Ugh. Gross. Filth. So yeah, we, we do definitely make fun of the fog. Or the that one beginning episode of the tale of the Twisted Claw that started with that phantom rollerblading out of the closet or whatever. Just in a fogged room. <laughs> the ring wraith. Yeah, the ring wraith. <laughs> so yeah, we definitely notice it and we definitely laugh at it because it's ridiculous. Well, Brandon, that's all the questions that we had. Yay, we got through them all. Go us. <sighs> at this point, I think we should probably announce the winner of the Season 3 DVD giveaway. That at this time hasn't actually started, but, you know, editing. So, the winner of the Season 3 DVD giveaway is... Kate from the Ignorance Was Bliss podcast. Congratulations. Good job. Well, I suppose we have some rankings to do, as per usual for our season wrap-ups. Yeah. It's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, let's dive into this nonsense. Alright, so let's go for the favorite main character of season three first. Okay. These would be Matt Dorney from Curious Camera, Josh and Cleo from Guardians Curse, Sarah and Kelly from Watcher's Woods, etc. Well, I think my favorite is either Johnny from yeah. Dream Girl mm-hmm. or Kelly from Watcher's Woods. <laughs> well, Kelly did get you smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, so pretty great. Yeah, she's charming. I like Kelly. That's probably just because I really like Jewel State, though. I think mine's going to have to be um, probably Johnny from The Tale of the Dream Girl. I think that he was very well acted. He had a compelling story. He wasn't an idiot. I mean, I couldn't even get a ring off his finger but besides the point i mean he ran after a girl who ran after a ring and got himself killed by a train but can't judge him too harshly nah i think i'm gonna go with johnny for my favorite of the season johnny's really good other ones that i really liked i liked reed from the tale of dangerous soup um he was kind of a He's kind of boring, but he seemed to have a lot of character development and his like, oh, I'm a bad boy. Oh, my God, I'm not a bad boy. So and then he overcame his fears. And I, I thought that was I'm pretty a compelling. <laughs> um, Matt Dorney from The Curious Camera was pretty good because he was almost a villain. He was going to shoot people with his camera. That's pretty he great. He just 
wasted so much film on nonsense photographs. <laughs> he did, yes. But I think we established in our own little world that he had infinite film. Yeah. Um, another good one was Stacy from A Tale of Apartment 214. She seemed like a very nice person. Aside from that part where she broke her promise. Other than the part, yeah, where she lied to an old woman who <laughs> devoted her entire existence to her. <laughs> But yeah, I think overall, I gotta go with Johnny. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Johnny's the best. Alright. So, let's go with number two, our favorite supporting character. I think that would be like... Mm, man, I don't know if I call Erica a supporting character from Dream Girl, but uh, like Amy from The Curious Camera, or Annie from Tale of the Phone Police. So basically the sister category. Best sister goes to... I would go with, like, Susan and the aunt and the uncle from The Tale of the Dollmaker. Maybe Sardo from Carvestone. Just, like, the people that aren't as as important as the main heroes. It's Slim Pickens, I think. <laughs> yeah. Supporting characters. I know who I'm gonna pick. Stacy's mom did have it going on. I know, but we have a... We have a a special category for her. <laughs> well, no, we don't. <laughs> Number six is most useless adult, not bestest adult. Because <laughs> Stacy's mom is the best. She's got it going on for yeah. sure. Would you call Belinda from Bookish Babysitter a supporting character? Mm, she wasn't really the hero. No. I guess that Ricky would be the main and then Belinda would be the supporting, yeah. Belinda is fantastic. I like Belinda, and I wish she showed up in more episodes I feel like I know that she doesn't. She doesn't, yeah. Which is a shame. But you know what? When we talked to DJ, you know, he said that... I, I bet he would say that she is also one-dimensional, so she she's only got books. You can't have the tale of the bookie, bookish babysitter returns or something. It'd be boring. But I'd be okay with her being, like, cameo appearance or something like that in later seasons. That'd be well, cool. Well, like, even just the actress. She just gave a great performance. Yeah. She did, yeah. I'm going to go with Jersey from The Tale of the Dangerous Soup, I think. Oh, Jersey. Yeah. She is like Jersey the... is amazing. <laughs> she was incredible, and I think that she is the definition of supporting character. Because she's not important to the story, yeah. but she just adds so much to it. No, she does nothing, but she's the best part of that episode. <laughs> I loved it when she was banging the spoons on the pots and stuff. She was a tour de force. Amazing. Yeah, Jersey's the best. When that kid dropped that bucket of knives and she was like, Watch it, motherfucker! I was like, Whoa, you're incredible. So that's who I have to go with. I gotta do it. Would you agree, Jersey? I did agree already. Okay. Just wanted to make it sure. Just wanted to make it like a fish, you know? Alright, moving on. Number three, favorite villain. We've I had, we've had like, some interesting it's villains. It's gotta be season. it's gotta be the hags from Watchers Woods. They were such a delight to watch. Watcher's Woods has what I think are the best villains and also the worst villain. Yeah. The Hags are amazing, and the Watcher, the titular Watcher, mm-hmm. is a complete waste of screen time. Yeah, I agree. It's a, such a afterthought, really. And that's okay, because the the Hags, their makeup and and dress is, like, the dress code on them or whatever is just perfection they look like they're like wasteland outland bandits and it just it was incredible yeah, it's really good and then the watchers uh, just kind of like mm. yeah just a piece of 
garbage that does nothing. Some other standouts from season two or season three, though. Madeline from two fourteen. Yeah, she was scary. Wild, yeah. Like she was probably the scariest to me. Yeah, I'd say. And it's funny because she's just an old woman. Like she, she's not like a disfigured, monstrous-looking no person. She's just an old woman. Even the three hags are old ladies, but they're not Madeline. They're not. Another villain that I really enjoyed this season was the Dollhouse from the Tale of the Dollmaker. Just because it's, I mean, this is basically us just going on it, making our own lore for it or whatever. But just that Dollhouse is the villain of that episode, which is pretty cool. It's an interesting setting. It's kind of the same as in uh, Curious Camera with the Gremlin. Because the Gremlin is just this stamp on a picture, but it's creating all these fucking smushing with lockers and whatnot i really liked the performance of brother septimus oh yeah he he's he a he's a, a very time. classic villain i think that he enjoyed that role a lot and you know what like i said he was the riddler from the uh the 60s batman show and movies and stuff so he is a seasoned actor and uh, i think he just had a really good time being brother septimus yeah, he's just an evil guy I think the same could be said with Dr. Capel Smith in terms of being a seasoned actor and, you know, just having a good time. Yeah. More so with Brother Seth. less interesting but... character. Yeah, unfortunately, he's just a dude. He's not a time-traveling monk with a long fingernail and a sweet-brimmed hat and mind-control powers for some reason. Unfortunately. You know, this season we had Vink in his most, um, most villainous role yet, I would say. Well, arguably, I guess, because he did kill thousands of people in the Phantom <laughs> Cab. I guess if, you know, it depends on how you define villainous. We didn't actually see him kill anybody in Phantom Cab. At least in the Dangerous Soup, we've seen him be a jerk. Yeah, he's definitely 100% a jerk. In Phantom Cab, it's only implied that he's a genocidal maniac. <laughs> uh, but you're going to go with... Uh... The, wa- the three hags from the Watcher's Woods, and I agree with you. They were fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Worst villain, though? Easily the Watcher, I think, from this season. Yeah. Ugh. Why would they name the episode Watcher's Woods? Why even have a Watcher? Why not just Haunted Woods? I think it'd be more compelling if the Watcher wasn't in there. <sighs> but that's okay. He was in there. He did his thing. That's alright. It happened. It's whatever. All right, so let's go on to number four, which is the kill count. We had a couple deaths this season. Dr. Capel Smith just straight died on screen. He definitely died. It was my favorite, too, because the people that he knows and has been working with the longest in his life watched him die. They watched him turn to stone in front of him, and they were just like, whoa, he's stoned now. (laughs) That must have hurt. It probably did. Just all of your organs and muscles and blood turning to stone. And slowly. It, it didn't it, happen that quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't just an instantaneous, like, petrification like Medusa would do. It was just like, oh, God, I can't move my toes. No, it's going up to my ankle. Like, that would suck. Yeah, he had enough time to feel that shit. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, who else died? Uh, the fish from... The Tale of the Curious Camera. Those fish died. Matt Dorney accidentally destroyed them. Oh, pff, the biggest one, Laura. She died from the Tale of Quicksilver. Yeah, she did. But we got another one, so 
It's okay. Yeah, there was at least there was two. We got to back up Tatiana. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> the tale of the Quicksilver, that beginning, I remember when we recorded and when I edited, you were like, that is the most metal beginning to an episode ever. And it totally is. She summoned a it demon. Is. And then she either burnt to death or got killed by that demon or I don't know. But yeah, we watched somebody die at the beginning of an episode. Yeah, that's how it starts. I think that might have been the only death, though. I mean, maybe the girls from the Watcher's Woods, after they are freed from the woods, maybe that was them dying. Who knows? Unfortunately, Sam from The Crimson Clown didn't die. The episode would have been a lot better if he did. I think that's all we have for uh, character and, and fish deaths in season three, though. Yeah, not a whole lot. No, the main one that I think we've had so far this series is is Coda from um, the Tale of the Dark Music. That was like the the most delicious succulent death because he turned into a bicycle. Um, <laughs> well, I mean that is the main character of the episode killing another character. I don't think we're gonna see that again on this show. I would be surprised if we do. Uh, moving on, we have what do you think was the scariest moment of this season? Definitely. Madeline. I agree. When she gets that promise broken. She snaps. Yep. I don't think there's anything else that really compares to that. No. Yeah, let's go with Madeline on that one. Um all right, most useless adult. Oh boy. Oh man. Maybe the aunt and uncle from the Tale of the Dollmaker. They're aunt pretty Sally shit. And uncle, they can't uncle, even like whisper name. and keep secrets. No, they can't. They were just like shut the fuck they up. They speak loudly. <laughs> Right Rice is gonna to hear her. you about how Susan's dead and she's buried in the house. Uncle was like, "Oh, it's the house that got her." Melissa's just like, oh, "I can hear everything." Quiet, Melissa. We're trying to keep things from you. <laughs> I think that dad from uh, Guardians Curse was pretty useless too. He didn't do anything really. He was no, just kind of there. The only things he did do was make things worse. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue that him sending the kids to go get the pictures was, like, pivotal to the plot or whatever, but he sucked. I got a good one. The teacher from the tale of the Quicksilver. She sucked a lot. Yeah. She sure did. I didn't like her. She was she was all like, you think you're a class clown, Aaron? Motherfucker, get back in your goddamn seat. The parents from that episode, too, not very oh, good. Oh, yeah. Just get back in your lumpy bed, go to sleep. Yeah, they were almost as bad as the dad from the tale of the shiny red bicycle. Just ignoring everything. The the signs are there. They don't care. Yep. I'm going to go with them, actually. The parents of the Quicksilver. Alright, coolest special effects this the season. The poltergeist getting sucked into the amulet. That one is the standout for me. For sure. Another one was uh, Dr. Capel Smith turning into a stone wasn't done terribly. And I I liked the effects in The Tale of the Carved Stone where Brother Septimus was burning in that mirror shard. I thought it was really well done in Tale of the Midnight Ride when the Headless Horseman's shadow comes out of the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, that part. And also when he crosses the Bridge of Souls and then just fucking explodes for some yeah, reason. I don't know why that happens, but it's cool looking. Yeah, but I'm going to probably give it to the poltergeist going into the amulet. I'm not going to give it to that gargoyle in The Tale of the Dangerous Soup. Because that was not oh, good. God. It's horrible. I don't know what the difference was. Like, did they run out of budget or something by that point? But that gargoyle... Neth Campbell is not cheap. <laughs> she would have been cheap at that point. 
She would have been just a normal girl. Anyway, that was my favorite. That poltergeist getting sucked into the amulet and then Tatiana Ali giving said amulet to Tatiana Lee, who disappeared into a wall. Pretty great. A good sequence of events. Yeah. Well, first they smooched their hand and then touched them together, but, you know, whatever. As you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Next up, Brandon. What are your favorite lines from this season? I already know what mine is, but your favorite. I know lines. what yours is, too. <laughs> yeah. The best. Um, I don't know if I can think of anything that really stands out the way some previous lines have. I know, and I think that was another reason why season three is kind of like not as memorable for us, which the episodes are really good. It's just, I don't think there was as many memorable lines. Nobody had really strange named characters except for Nani and, and Reed and Dangerous Soup. Um, but I think the lines is the biggest thing. For me, I, I know that there's a couple, and in... Episode three, The Tale of the Watcher's Woods, it's got to be when Kelly busts out that pack of smokes. And Sarah's like, you're smoking? That was wild. Yeah, she's just as shocked as we are. I'm still shocked. And that was weeks ago we watched that. She's like, Kelly, this is a kid's show. You know, another one, and I think it's probably, uh, you you pointed this one out, was in The Tale of the Midnight Ride, when the Headless Horseman's like about to come out of the wall or whatever. And Ian's like, Brad? (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's after the headless. He came out of out. the wall, Ian. <laughs> what else we got here? Uh, oh, one of my favorites is from the tale of the phone police, when Annie's like, "What are you, what are you two, two yams, yams talking, talking about? about?" So wonderful. I'm gonna call everybody Just I like. A couple yams. of yams. Just being a big old yam. But what's your favorite, Cortland? Oh, my favorite is. Very obviously, and as so clearly, what are you looking at, turd, turd face, from The Tale of the Crimson Clown? It's my favorite. I'll never not love so, it. everyone that you like is yams, and everyone that you hate is turd faces. Yeah. The world exactly. is filled with yams and turd faces. <laughs> yes. Do you have a favorite line from this season, Brian? No, I can't think of one. Wow. All right, then. Moving yep. on. Okay, so now we have to do... Oh, we don't have to, but... I think next we should do our least favorite to favorite Midnight Society members. Rank them on a scale of one to six. Okay, well, here's where we get into it. The season's been pretty cringy, so I'm interested to see how you rank them. Okay, bottom of the list, Tucker. You think Tucker's the bottom? I think Tucker's the bottom. He told three stories this season, which is tied for the most... And that's just too much Tucker. He's a new character. (laughs) The characters in the show don't like him, so he's meant to be annoying, and it works because he is annoying. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, not a fan of Tucker. I think that I'm going to add to that because he did tell three stories, which means he was, like, the focus on three stories. But also Mm -hmm. stories that he didn't tell, he was still the focus on. In the tale of the Quicksilver, he was playing his fucking recorder, which was annoying. Yeah, he brought props to other people's stories. You yeah. can't do that, Tucker. I think it was the tale of the Dream Girl when he was arm wrestling with Kiki, 
And in the Crimson Clown, he was riding Gary into the meeting spot. Like, even if he's not the storyteller, he still gets this focus and it's annoying. Yeah. This was a Tucker season. Yeah. I'll say I agree with you, but number two for me is Frank. Yep, yep, yep. Frank was never a top Midnight Society member, but Mm -mm. this season he has the mix of both telling almost no stories. He told one story out of 13, and it was the very last one, as if he was like, oh shit, I gotta tell something or I'm kicked out of this club. (laughs) And the worst part was his treatment of Sam the whole season. Very cringy, man. Just really rough stuff. Fucking come on, Frank. Yeah. This isn't like a sitcom. (laughs) He's not Mario Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell. No, he wishes. He does. What's the character's name? I didn't want to watch Saved by the Bell. We mentioned it in season one. Slater! Yeah. He's not Slater. Everybody else going forward, I think, is... um, like leaps and bounds ahead of Tucker and Frank. So who do you think is next? I'm thinking. I'm gonna say. Are you gonna say Kiki? Or are you gonna say? Gary? I'm gonna say Kiki. The Kikster. Kiki is very consistent. She's yeah. never my favorite. She hasn't been my least favorite. She's yeah. just in the middle. And that's good. And that's good. <laughs> she told some good stories this season. She did Quicksilver, and she did shit. What was the other? Oh yeah, Apartment Two Fourteen. Yeah. So she had some good stories. I think she had some interesting Midnight Society bits. I loved it when she gave Gary the high five when Frank admitted he was afraid of the dark. It was just endearing and, and nice. Um, yeah, she's just consistent. Consistently not the worst and consistently not the best. But that's yeah. all right. You're all right, Kiki. So next, uh, next I'm going to say is, Gary. Yeah, next for me is definitely Gary. He moved down this season. He did, and that's because of Sam, I think. Yeah, it's because of Sam. Not that it's Sam's fault, but Mm-mm. it's all Sam's fault. It is. No, but he, I mean, he was like Frank Light in some scenes. Yeah. Where like, he was just like, whoa, boobs. You're... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're a girl. And just started drooling all over Sam, which is odd. His stories this season weren't the best either. Uh, Crimson Clown no. was was weird it didn't really seem like a gary story to me and carved stone was okay yeah carved stone wasn't as good as it should have been it had a potential to be the the premise the best story yeah it could have been really good it was let down by a really unlikable protagonist yep yeah honestly number two and number one uh i'm it's gonna be sam and then betty pretty much sam new character she told two stories this season, and they were both fantastic. Yep. Her character in the Midnight Society, unfortunately, is pretty much just declining advances from all of the guys who are drooling over her. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't really get to do much other than be like, you know, I just want to fucking tell stories. Leave me yeah. alone. Yeah, right. Maybe right. we'll get to see her personality come through more in future seasons. I I hope so. I don't remember her, so we'll see what happens. Oh, jeez. I hope she's not a one-and-done season wonder. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. And then Betty Ann, she's just been consistently the best. She's and that's because she is Betty just, Ann. She's so wonderful. Like, if we, like, going back to Brett's question, if we could have one guest on the show, 
my vote, like, Midnight Society, any of them would be cool, but Betty Ann would be the one that I would want the most, because she just seems like such a lovable and likable person. I don't know why they're not drooling over Betty Ann. Even when Betty Ann's not just being a sweetie, she had back-to-back stories with Dollmaker and Bookish Babysitter, (laughs) and both episodes involved her playing a prank on Tucker because he was being annoying. Yes. The doll that was dressed as Tucker at the end of Dollmaker and the book that had Tucker's name in it at the end of Babysitter. How clever is that? Yeah. Such setup. I hate Tucker, so <laughs> having someone fuck with him is just even more endearing. Yeah. I love it. She's the best. And that's our rankings of the Midnight Society members. I'm interested to see how it will change for next season. But Brandon, it's time for the creme de la creme. Oh. Where we rank the episodes, which I think is going to be the most difficult part so yeah. far. I know the best, and I know the worst, but I don't know the middle so much. The middle is going to be hard. I think we should... I You know, I had planned on like sitting down and just thinking about it for a long time and making a list, but I didn't do that. So we're just going to do it on the fly. All right, let's do it. Okay. So let's give like a brief little description of each episode. Uh, the Tale of the Midnight Ride is The Tale of Sleepy Hollow. The Tale of Apartment 214, a young girl breaks her promise to an old lady who turns out to be a ghost and haunts her. The Tale of Watcher's Woods, two girls get lost in the woods and they have to figure out how to get out by appeasing three old ladies. The Tale of the Phone Police, some kid calls up this loser in jail. He gets put in jail and his best friend's got to break him out. Tale of the Dollmaker, a girl visits her aunt and uncle in hopes of playing with their neighbor who has disappeared and she has to find her tale the bookish babysitter some loser kid doesn't know how to read so this babysitter forces him to the tale of the carved stone uh uh, this girl doesn't have any friends so she goes back in time to make one (laughs) Tale, tale the guardian's curse mummies tale the curious camera a kid gets a camera that when he takes a picture of stuff with it Everything just turns to you shit. You forgot to mention that that kid is a loser. <laughs> well, most of these heroes are losers. <laughs> they are. Now that I'm hearing you read these descriptions. Yeah, right. <laughs> Loners, losers, and weirdos. <laughs> the Tale of the Dream Girl. A brother and sister work in a bowl rama that's visited by ghosts. The Tale of the Quicksilver. Not one, but two ghosts haunt a house. The Tale of the Crimson Clown. The worst kid in existence gets punished by a crimson clown not enough i know he he should have just been gone the tale of the dangerous stoop a restaurant owner extorts stuff out of his employees until they're they quit all right so are you ready to rank these from 13 to one yes okay i'm ready i'm just gonna start it off right away i know what number 13 is gonna be and that's gonna be season three episode four the tale of the phone police yeah phone police Definitely the worst of the season. Interesting. interesting it's kind idea. of a cool premise. Yeah. It's a silly premise. Just the idea of there being a phone police is inherently stupid. Yeah. But it could it could be a cool idea. Yeah. But, but it wasn't. It's just kinda it's just kinda not. Mm-mm. And that's why it's number thirteen. I'm gonna go ahead and do number twelve too, because I think we can both agree on it. It's gonna be the tale of the midnight yep, ride. You're right. Okay. Ian is a very unlikable character. Super, yeah. The headless horseman for a villain by design has no personality or interesting lines yeah. or anything. Just kind of rides around. And yeah. it's it's a old story. So there's not really any twists. 
No, there's not. I think they tried to with the whole them meeting Ichabod Crane and telling him the right way to go so that it alters time and now the Headless Horseman's after them. But that's just like, who fucking cares? Like, just have a Headless Horseman after these kids. Who cares about Ichabod Crane? No. Just a weird... I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it very much. And that's why it's number 12. Number 11. This is where things get harder by a lot because every episode after midnight rider are good episodes yeah there's no total dog shit no i'm gonna base it off of what i would want to watch again i think i know what i would say okay uh i think i know what i would I'd say. say the tale of the carved stone that's what i was gonna say too yes similarly to midnight ride we have a very unlikable protagonist mm-hmm. she's essentially Allison. the female version of ian <laughs> she is i think they would get along she's very cringy like it's not fair the way that those that girl treated her when she wanted to return the glasses, but no, it's just awkward for her to get herself in that situation in the first place. I don't know. She's so weird. Sardo didn't really leave a lasting impression. He's a silly Sardo self, I guess, but he didn't really elevate the episode like he should have. No, but I will argue that he was better in this episode than he was in Dark Dragon. Yeah, yeah I'll give you that. He's more prevalent in it. He gets choked like a hundred times. <laughs> um, he can be a little he does silly. Love to get choked. Yeah, it's like his favorite. He like walks into people's open grip, <laughs> neck first. Um, yeah, I agree. Even Tom wasn't that compelling of a of a character, so that's why it's number eleven. Number ten. I want to go with the tale of the Guardian's Curse. I think hmm. I was gonna say the tale of the Crimson Clown. A double whammy of Gary. You know what? I will agree with you. I think Crimson Clown, I would be more apt to watch Guardian's Curse, because Guardian's Curse at least had like a full fleshed out story. Crimson Clown is just weird. It's weird. The villain is weird. Don't really understand his motivations. Uh, yeah. The main character is one of the worst characters in any medium. Yep. So, yeah. I want to see the Zebo game, though. I want to know what that's all about. I'll agree with you. Crimson Clown, number 10. And the mom is ridiculous. Sam is the worst character pretty much imaginable. And Mike is a little too good. So number nine, do you think, would be uh, Guardian's Curse? Yeah. Guardian's Curse has Bobby Budnick. And... That's the main thing going for it. The mummy is horribly wasted. Yeah, I think if the mummy had a more centrical part to the story and was featured more, this would be a lot higher. Mina deserved more screen time. Dr. Capel Smith as the enemy versus a fucking mummy that you, you know, mute in the end and change into a good girl. I would go with the mummy being a good girl over Dr. Capel Smith every yeah. time. This is the tale of Dr. Capel Smith's curse. <laughs> I just like saying Dr. Capel Smith, honestly. <laughs> it's a good name. It's a ridiculous name. And that is why that is number nine. So number eight, I'm thinking Dangerous Soup. I was thinking the same thing. All right. This was a good episode for sure. It's pretty good. I wish Nev didn't just scream for the last half of it. Nani. Nani. What kind of name is Nani? Mm, It might be Nani, which is also stupid. (laughs) That gargoyle. I like the premise of this episode. Why is it soup, though? It could be anything, and they chose soup. Like, it's fun that Vink is, like, a restaurateur or whatever, but just soup? Soup? This episode has Jersey and Vink. 
Management Bank. Overall, a good episode. And it's middle of the road. For I think. the season. Which yeah. is a strong season. Yeah, really strong season. So, like I said, everything above Midnight Ride are things that I would, on my own time, watch again. Not for a podcast. Just for enjoyment. But what do you think is next? I think next is Curious Camera. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Dollmaker next. I was thinking that, but then thinking about Dollmaker, I think I like it a little bit more. Than Curious Camera. Yeah. I think I agree with you. Uh, Curious Camera has really good acting with Eddie K. Thomas, I think his name was, as Matt Dorney. And Calhoun yeah, was he, a delight. Well. He does, doesn't he? Because I think he's a loser in American Pie as well. But uh, Calhoun was also wonderful. And you know what? Amy, yeah. the sister, I just loved that she just resorted to violence to smash that camera. Smashes that camera. Callback is a good douchebag. That's mm-hmm. his thing. He does it. That's what he does. I think that this episode would have been lower on the list if not for the twist at the end where the camera gremlin inhabits the camcorder and all of that shenanigans happens. So that's why the Tale of the Curious Camera is seventh or whatever best. <laughs> I think the next spot, the next two spots uh, would probably be between Quicksilver and Dollmaker. Yeah. If you take Tatiana Ali out of Quicksilver, the episode is a very different episode. <laughs> Yeah, I just really like that episode. Ali. Agreed. Even when I was a kid, like I said, I thought she was the cutest thing, so she was that episode for me. And uh, I mean, I like the monster too, but unfortunately, we've seen the monster a few times already. We've seen him in the bookish babysitter being the ghost going down the hallway, and we've seen it in season 2 Nazarak from the magician's assistant. So we've seen incredibly similar character monster designs. So that wasn't anything super new. But Tatiana Ali being in the episode is really what made it for so me. So would you put Quicksilver above Dollmaker? When I was a kid, Quicksilver was one of the episodes that I liked the most. But, but now... Dollmaker's, Dollmaker's good too. If Melissa just wasn't as stupid as she is in <laughs> terms of having to repeat herself and like explain what she's going to be Her doing... Her narration... Yeah, like she's a smart kid with bringing the twine up there to make sure that she knows how to get back and and figuring out the dollhouse things when she's only been there for a day. And so, she's not stupid. She just unfortunately had to narrate everything she was doing and yeah, kind of drag stupid. Drag she's it down. just dumb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? If we can, I think I'd just like to place these equal because I like both of them well, a lot. That's not allowed, but I'll allow it. All right. Excellent. Next is apartment two fourteen. I think so, too. Funnily enough, which I mentioned all the time in our episode, I hated this thing growing up. I hated this episode. It played all the time. It's just an old lady. What's scary about that? Well, I was wrong. Madeline is spooky as hell. Old people are scary. And that's good. Yeah, especially when they're being threatening to girls. There's a lot to laugh at in this episode, including Madeline's artistic abilities and her wallpaper choices. Stacy's friend is the worst. I don't even remember what her name. What is her was name? Angela? Angela, maybe? That sounds right. She was the her worst. fucking jacket. Ugh. Battle of the Bands. Ugh. Shut up, Angela. Get Nobody likes here, you. Angela. Get the fuck out of here. You dropped this episode down, Angela, if I'm going to be frank. Don't be frank. He's the worst. <laughs> yo. Yo, Sam. Go out with me. Yo, Sam. Your ass is looking fine today. Looking fresh be my as hell, Valentine. <laughs> But yeah, I'd agree. Apartment 214. Um, Next up for me is probably Bookish Babysitter, I think. Yep, definitely. With a bullet. 
from an mm-hmm. Uzi. Yes. <laughs> Maybe a couple of them, because you can't stop. Once once you pop an Uzi, you can't stop. It's too much fun. That's what they say. Yeah, it's the catchphrase. That's why people buy Uzis. Lots of fun in this episode. This is the episode yeah. that's just fun. It's just a fun Belinda's time. great. Ricky sucks, kind of. Yeah, like we said with Kate that episode, fuck Ricky. That witch is hilarious. <laughs> so incredible. I love her. <laughs> the fake Belinda is just... Oh, yes. Gorgeous. Like I like I when I watched it the first time I seen that and I immediately knew that's my meme. Fake Belinda <laughs> versus real Belinda. I loved it. A little too much talking in that episode in my tastes. It was hard to concentrate well, and get books. everything down, but yeah, I guess. A little too books much talking. It gets a bit muddled in the in the very middle where they're running from all the things and then they make their way to the basement and then it gets back on track. But overall, super fun episode. I had a good time with it. So next, we've got two episodes left. One of these is the best episode of the season. The other one isn't. You know what, Brandon? I don't know which one you think is the best, but I'm going to go with Watcher's Woods and then Dream. You know what? This whole season, I had it in my head that Watcher's Woods was my favorite episode. Mm -hmm. But... I think I really think thinking back on it that Dream Girl's actually my favorite. It's so, so we're pretty good. we're pretty in sync. Yes. We were, and I didn't think we were gonna be. I thought this was gonna be the hardest. Johnny one. and Erica are just a good sibling relationship. Yeah. And the end of this episode is actually really emotional and it nails it. Mm-hmm. It's such a good episode. Like, the storyline is solid. Um, the twist ending, you don't... You, you could... I could see people not seeing it coming and being like, whoa. And it's just... The music is good. The part of the bowling alley with the waitress and stuff, that is kind of just filler, but everything else is just so solid. I loved it. I would watch that again, easily. Yeah. Like, if somebody was like, hey, you want to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'd be like, yeah, let's watch The Dream Girl. It's a good episode. The Dream Girl. So... Both of these episodes, Dream Girl and Watcher's Woods, are the two Sam episodes. Mm-hmm. So goddamn, girl, you came into this club and you knocked it out of the park. I know, right? She did great. Watcher's Woods is also super solid episode. Lots of fun. The special effects in it, or I, I guess the practical effects in it, are super cool. Um, that horse head was awesome. The bouncing candles was cool. The witches or the hags designs are amazing. Watcher is probably the only reason why I yeah, put this. The as Watcher two, brings honestly. the episode down a touch. Yeah, Sarah is just one of those protagonists who's just kind of there. She doesn't leave a strong impression, but Kelly's great. I think Kelly more than makes up for it. She's mean to Sarah, but it's not like you don't like her. It's kind of like the Beth she's, situation. Yeah, she's a Beth, but she's she's a more likable Beth, and I like Beth. I do too. In the end, she becomes a good girl. She gives yes. up her smoking habits. <laughs> she reaches her hand into those mice or rats, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. She saves the day, kind of. I mean, it's her fault in the first place, but still. But that was season three, I think. Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. But do say so myself. Not too shabby. It's a good season. Good season, yeah. So, Brandon... Season four, we start the next week already. Season four, 
Do you think that there's going to be any major upheavals of the Midnight Society? And if so, who do you think is going to well, go? Well, I'd like to hope that Tucker, he just his parents are like, you just can't stay out that late, Tuck. You need to stay yeah. home. But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> well, if it doesn't happen... I can't imagine losing any of the established Midnight Society members. We might get a season with no change. You never know. Well, I mean, you will know in in a week, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'll know very soon. Yeah. But hey, if Tucker does stay around, at least he'll be older, so maybe he will mature a a touch. Because I think that's his problem, is that he's just not mature enough I don't know. I think he's just that way. (laughs) Well, we'll have to find out. We'll find out next week. Um, Are you prepared for next week's episode? Do you want to know what it's called? What is it? Give a little guess on what we're going to be watching. It's called... You know what? You might re- like recognize this name. The Tale of Cutter's Treasure. I've heard that name before. And I think that's the book that I had. It is the book you had. Yeah. yeah I read a few pages of that. <laughs> it had well, pictures from the episode. Full color. Really? Did it? That's incredible. Well, Brandon, there's a little trick to this episode because it's a two-parter. We're going to be watching part one next week. What? Yes. It's breaking like, all the rules right away. I know, season four, what are you doing? But yeah, part one, Carter's Treasure. What do you think it's going to be about? I mean, it's about pirates. Yep. I don't think it could be about anything else but pirates. Some ghost pirates, perhaps? Or pirate ghosts. Who do you think is going to tell the tale of Carter's Treasure, part one? (sighs) This is a Tucker. (laughs) Okay. He comes back and he's like, hey guys, I got a story about pirates. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well we're gonna have to just wait and see what happens i think we are i think we're done talking about season three though forever right. from this moment on no more season three talk wash my hands of season three done <sighs> i'm excited brandon season four we're gonna be halfway done with this whole show soon because i think season four somewhere in the middle of season four is the halfway it's point. crazy it really is it's going so fast but whatever <laughs> whatever i'll talk to you later turd face all right you overgrown dirt bag <laughs> oh well see you next week i'm going back to sleep i've been up all night bye everybody bye, bye.